whatever your blunders are, there's hope. There's redeemable. It's yeah. redeemable. Uh -huh. There is hope. There is forgiveness. And it's going to come around. So just the sooner you let go and the sooner you, you let the, the sooner you surrender to the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. the sooner you're going to get on your game yeah. and be what God intended you to be. And that is what is going to make you supremely happy. Yes. God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out his spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring, we equip for that outpouring, so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. Philip and I have been studying in the book of John, and we have come up with something that we think will be a great help to you. Whatever your blunder may be, it's forgivable. Here's hope. Welcome to the podcast today. We're so glad that you're with us. Before we get started, let me just urge you, in case you haven't already gone there, to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, where you can see what we are doing. You can click on our events. We've got events coming up that you're probably going to want to participate in, in some way or another. And you can browse our bookstore and you can read our blogs. There's all kinds of things you can do. You can donate and help us to stay on the Charisma Podcast Network and keep, keep getting these words of life out to the people that are out there. Help us to pay it forward. So today we are looking at the latter part of John chapter 13, where Jesus is uh, talking to his disciples. Judas has just gone out into the night to betray Jesus, and um, something happens. Philip, what have you got there? This is from the Passion Translation, John chapter 13, verse 33. My dear friends, I only have a brief time left to be with you, and then you will search and long for me. But I tell you what I told the Jewish leaders, you'll not be able to come where I am. So I give you now a new commandment, love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. Peter interjected, but master, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you won't be able to follow, but one day you will follow me there. Peter said, What do you mean I'm not able to follow you now? I would sacrifice my life to die for you. Jesus answered, Would you really lay down your life for me, Peter? Here's the absolute truth. Before the rooster crows in the morning, you will say three times that you don't even know me. Don't worry or surrender to your fear, for you believed in God. Now trust and believe in me also. My father's house has many dwelling places. If it were otherwise, I would tell you plainly because I go to prepare a place for you to rest. And when everything is ready, I will come back and take you to myself so that you will be where I am. And you already know the way to the place where I'm going. So Jesus is talking about where he's going. He's going, he's going. He keeps talking about where he's going. And I think it's interesting that Peter... It's like, you know, sometimes you're in a conversation, you're listening to a, in a conversation, and somebody says something that you get stuck on. Mm -hmm. 
and you have a question on that spot and then you miss the next thing that is said. Yeah. Well, that's what yeah. happened here because Jesus said, I'm going someplace you can't come. Peter stops thinking right there. Mm-hmm. Now he's thinking in the natural and Jesus is thinking in the spiritual. And Peter, in his natural mind, is thinking, where are you going that I can't come? I'll lay my life down for you. He completely missed what Jesus said about a new commandment I give to you, that you <laughs> love one another as I've loved you. He completely missed that. It, 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 he, he got stuck on where are you going? And, and then... I love what you what you just brought with with the passion. Yeah, you you couldn't tell it the way I was reading it, but what I did, I went into chapter fourteen, because there's actually no break between chapter thirteen and fourteen. Yeah, the breaks were added after. Yeah, and when you look at the previous chapters, it would end, and then the chapter next chapter would start with a whole new scenario. Right. Or they went out from this place, or they're going here, or they're going there. Or some time has passed. Or some time has passed. But here it goes right from chapter 13 into 14. Apparently. Apparently. And so when it says that, you know, that Peter, you, will, you will say three times you don't even know me. But Jesus says, don't worry or surrender to your fear. For you believe in God, believe also in me. And you don't put those two together when you're just reading the chapter. You stop and then mm-hmm. you start reading the next one. Yeah, and lots of times when we're reading... We stop at the end of the yeah, chapter. Yeah, we'll just read and, one chapter And we might or read the next chapter the next day, and we've lost the context. And so that, that's the context. It's like Jesus is speaking this to Peter. Say, don't, you know, don't, don't fear. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to deny you're gonna me three it. times. You're going to blow it big time, but uh, yeah. Peter didn't know it. What a big blunder. What a big blunder. That was huge. But that wasn't his first blunder on that, uh, on that occasion, in, in that context. He, if you go back... In early, an earlier part of the chapter, chapter 13, they're, they're celebrating the Feast of Passover. Now, in Jesus' day, they would celebrate the Feast of the Passover. Uh, it was traditional that, that even, let me back up, people who could afford to do so, who, mm-hmm. people who had servants, would eat at what they called a triclinium. And that was a three-sided table. It's like um, sometimes you see in maybe in a in a meeting you might see a a table that has that's made of tables. You know, like mm-hmm. a like you're at a board meeting or something, and they don't have a board table, but they have made a, a box of yeah. four tables. Well, this is a box of three tables, and the open part is so that the servants can come in and serve you. And the thing that that made made it known that you're rich enough to do so is that you're going to recline to eat it was a roman tradition mm-hmm. that they borrowed yeah. and the the <laughs> yeah. pharisees taught that even the poorest of the poor should eat this way at least one meal a year and it was the passover meal so jesus would have had this triclinium situation and and the way the triclinium worked is that the the host of the meal, which would be Jesus, would be, uh, how do I explain this? So if, if you're looking at a U-shaped table, or it wouldn't be a horseshoe, but, you know, square, mm-hmm. square on, on it, it's, it's an open square, basically, three-sided. And 
Jesus would have been in the second position. If you're looking at it, he would have been in the second position on the left. That's where the host was. The guest of honor would be the person to his left. And then Mm -hmm. the person to his right would be the second most honorable. And, And they would recline on their left elbow and eat with their right elbow. I mean, was that with their right elbow? No, they would eat with, and they would eat with their right hand. So, Jesus, when when you have this uh, this story of of when Jesus says in that same chapter, one of you is going to betray me. Peter says to John, or motions to John, who is it? Well, John was the one that would have, and and when they reclined. At times they would they would feed one another. They'd give they'd give one another food, and and uh, the person who is to your right is going to lean on your chest. So that's that is John's position. He's the one who leaned on Jesus' breast. Right. Mm-hmm. That that's what we've learned. But it wasn't because he just snuggled up to him all the time. It was because of his <laughs> position at the table. And all of the <laughs> and and you have paintings. You know, we have one in our living room done in a beautiful, like steel, silver, and all that. Mm-hmm. But you see, you would see the square that type of table with all the disciples. You know, sitting there, and all that, and they're all standing straight up though. Yeah, are you, you talking know. about Da Vinci's? Yeah, Da Vinci's yeah, painting. Yeah, yeah, what so many people have, you know, they're, they're showing Jesus sitting in the middle, you know. Right, but that's so it's not total, how it was. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not how it was. It's 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 our picture because that's what's been pictured for us. Has anybody ever painted one the right way? Um, I think there are illustrators now that have to try <laughs> and give us the understanding. So the only way for Peter to have been able to whisper that to John or signal that to John would be if he was at the opposite end on the other side. Okay. So mm-hmm. if you're standing, looking at the table, it would have been John first, then Jesus and Peter exactly opposite across from John. Mm-hmm. That would be the only way that they could have okay. that little conversation between them and nobody know that they're talking about it. So, you know, John, Peter says, Ask him who it is. And so John asks, well, who is it? And Jesus says, it's the one that I give the bread to. Hmm. So the one that, that on whose breast Jesus was leaning was Judas. Yeah. And wow. that is the seat of honor. That's the seat of the most important person at the table. Mm-hmm. The guest of honor was where Judas sat. So that's why Jesus could speak to him like that. What you're going to do, do quickly. Because he was right there beside him. Mm-hmm. Jesus was leaning on his breast and, and, and saying, you know, here, have a morsel to eat. And, uh, you know, and, and they dipped kind of like, like it, today, if you, were com- if you come with us to Israel in November <laughs> next year, um, you, can, you can see what it's like. And, but you can probably get that where you live, where you can get some pita bread and you can dip it in, and now here they call it hummus. If you're in Israel, you say hummus. Mm-hmm. So uh, di- he would have dipped it in olive oil or dipped it in, in hummus or something like that and, and gave it to, uh, Judas. to Judas. So the thing about Peter's position, if there are no servants to wash your feet when you come in for the meal, 
It's the right mm-hmm. thing to do to wash your feet before you come to the meal. Well, if there's no servant provided to do that, then the guy in the lowest position, the farthest away from the host, mm-hmm. is the one that's supposed to do that. Which uh, for Peter would have been very, I mean, Jesus always takes me with him. You know, Peter, James, and John. Exactly. You know, they were the three that, the chosen ones that, that Jesus took. So, so all of a sudden he's in a position that's he doesn't want to be in. Exactly. He doesn't want to be there, and he's not going to lower himself to wash everybody's feet. Mm -hmm. So that's why when Jesus gets up and he girds himself with a towel and he goes around washing the feet, when he gets to Peter, Peter says, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't be washing my feet. I should be washing yours. Dost thou wash my feet? Yeah, you're going to wash my feet? And Jesus, see, Jesus says to him, because Jesus is thinking spiritual and Peter is thinking worldly. He's, he hasn't had his mind renewed yet. <laughs> so Jesus is saying, what I do, you don't know now, but you're going to know later. You're going to know after this. It, it, it's, you just don't get it right now, but you will get it. And so Peter had, had made this first blunder of not washing everybody's feet. Jesus was giving him the opportunity to participate in, in what, um, what he said in uh, Mark chapter 10. In the Amplified, in Mark chapter 10, there's this, uh, there's this tussle going on about James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached him and said, we desire to, you to do for us whatever we ask. Well, what is it? Grant that we may sit at one at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory, okay? So um, everybody else is upset. But then Jesus says to them, to sit at my right hand or my left hand is not mine to give. And then he goes on to say, Jesus called them to him and said to them, you know that those who are recognized as governing and who are supposed to rule the Gentiles, the nations, lord it over them, ruling with absolute power, holding them in subjection, and their great men exercise authority and dominion over them. Have we seen some exercising of authority and dominion over people? (laughs) But this is not to be so among you. Instead, get this, whoever desires to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be most important and first in rank among you must be slave of all. So Jesus was giving Peter this opportunity because he knew that Peter was, was the man that's supposed to step up on the day of Pentecost and lead the charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I could add something else mm-hmm. here, too. Then Jesus replied, you don't understand yet the meaning of what I'm doing, but soon it will be clear to you. Peter looked at Jesus and said, you'll never wash my dirty feet. Never. <laughs> but Peter, if you don't allow me to wash your feet... Jesus responded, then you will not be able to share life with me. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's in the Passion. But so Peter says, Lord, in that case, don't just wash my feet, wash my hands and my head too. Yeah. Jesus said to him, you are already clean. You've been washed completely and you just need your feet to be cleansed. But that can't be said of all of you. You know, for mm. Jesus knew which was to betray him. So Peter's about to make the biggest blunder of his life. Mm-hmm. You know, that same night. That same night, and Jesus says, you're already clean. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. Because Jesus knows the outcome. Right. And here's, here's the thing. He's made this blunder, so he's already off his game. 
he, he was supposed to wash everybody's feet. Have you ever noticed... Uh, maybe it hasn't happened to you, but it's happened to me <laughs> that, you know, if I get off on the wrong foot, if I start, if I just, you know, goof something up, it might take me just a little while to recover from that where I get back. You know, if I have a flesh flash, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I got, I've got to, I've got to stop and get back in the spirit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Peter had already had this big flesh flash. I'm. You know, I'm supposed to wash my feet, wash everybody's feet, and I I didn't do it. And now Jesus has done it. And now I'm embarrassed. Yeah, and you know, if you're if if you're working in the world, you know, you you have this mindset Monday morning. Mm. You know, oh, Monday morning. You know, and and so that's not a great way to start your day. No. And then Wednesday, Hump Day, they used to call it. You're mm-hmm. halfway through the week. Friday, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. You know, you get off the normal. Depending, most most workers are maybe eight to eight to five or nine to five and all that. You know, forty days a week and then forty hours a week. Forty hours a week, sorry. And then the weekend hits. That's the way that a lot of the world. That's the way I used to think. Mm-hmm. It's just like you got to work all week and trying to make a dollar, you know. And mm-hmm. and then you got the weekend. But Monday morning, man, here we go. We got to drag. Unless you really love your job. Mm-hmm. I mean, I worked in construction, glass and steel. I didn't enjoy going back to work Monday morning. <laughs> but when you got Jesus living in you, mm. you know, it's hallelujah. All it's all, all different. totally different. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to, and if you just stay close to him, it'll save you from a lot of blunders. It's true. It's true. But sometimes we have flesh flashes and mm-hmm. blunders. And so Peter had done this one blunder, so he was already off his game. And Jesus is talking about where am I going? Where I'm going, you can't go. And then Peter says, but I'm going to lay my life down for you. And Jesus says, Peter, before the, before the rooster even crows in the morning, you're going to deny you even know me three times. Yeah. But don't let your heart be troubled. And then he goes on talking about where he's going. And he's going to his father. He's going to go prepare a place for them. And as, as I understand it, these men would have understood that what Jesus was talking about was like the engagement, the engagement ceremony, the, the betrothal. Betrothal, yeah. And I found it fascinating one time when I was with one of my Jewish friends. I went to synagogue with her and I went to a class and they were talking about the Song of Solomon and how the Song of Solomon is the story of God as the bridegroom and the Jewish people as the bride. And Mm. I thought, oh, they have the same revelation that we have about the (laughs) Song of Solomon, only we thought it was the church that was the bride. Yeah, it's like we can read through our Bible and our, well, I have a Thompson chain is what I use. And and you get these footnotes and it says the church, you know, referring to the church, but it's referring to the Jewish culture. Sure. We're grafted in. Right. But we are, but what, Paul says in Romans 11, be careful that you don't despise the root because right. the root is what supports you. Right. You know, and, exactly. And uh, they don't talk about Romans 11 in a lot of churches. No, no, no. There's or this, Romans 1. <laughs> there's this horrible replacement theology. But, but God is bringing us 
back to center. He's working on his body to bring us to an understanding that we are meant to be one new man that's Jew and Gentile together. That's another subject for another whole podcast. (laughs) But this subject here is understanding that Jesus is talking about the engagement. I am the bridegroom. I am going to my father's house to prepare a place for you. And I'm coming back to get you. And that's that is something that they would have understood in their context, especially as Galileans, that they would know that this is something that that has to do with the wedding. Mm-hmm. And I presume if if the Jewish people today have that understanding of of Song of Solomon, that they would have had the same understanding in Jesus' time. Yeah, I'm that, I'm just assuming that. But the thing that's the thing that I I think is so. Um, telling of of what Jesus is trying to say. Here's this man that's blundered and then blundered again. And then Jesus goes on to talk about the Holy Spirit in that in chapter 14, where he's he's talking about, I'm going to go and I'm going to ask the Father to give you another comforter. Um, let me just read that in, in the, that's amplified. the Amplified. The Amplified yeah. is really good on this. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. Hmm. So what we're seeing here is a promise that took place on the day of Pentecost, when Peter, who had made this big blunder, is put up to be the number one guy and he and he uh-huh. delivers the message that causes how many thousand to yeah, be saved? Three thousand people got saved. Right. But think about what happened when Jesus was crucified later. Uh, go back into let's back into the context where we were. From that point where Jesus is talking about all of this, they went then to the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. The arrest took place. Jesus, Peter blunders again and cuts, cuts off the servant's ear. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness he missed his head. Of course, that would have been a bigger miracle. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So Jesus heals the, the high priest's servant's ear. Who knows? Maybe maybe there was still blood on his skin or something, you know. And 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 they they're now they're at the high priest's place, his his dwelling place. That's where the trial was. They went to Caiaphas's house, <laughs> and here's Peter warming himself at the fire, and now he's going to make the big, big, big blunders. One, two, three. Uh, deny you? I don't know him. I never. I, I don't know. I don't know the man. And he even curses and says, "I don't know this man." And then the rooster crows. Yeah. Wow. What a blunder! And then. He's watching from a distance, probably, when Jesus is being crucified. Well, John was there close by. But Peter's probably watching from a distance. Meanwhile, we, we know at some point... Yeah, Jesus looked at him when he... Oh, yeah. In, in one of the Gospels. Mm-hmm. When he said it the third time, Jesus looked at him. Yep. And Peter saw it. And as he went out and wept. Bitterly. Bitterly. Yeah. And if you can imagine... The thoughts going through Peter's head at that point, after right. he's put in the, he's crucified, put in the tomb, and then you had Judas ran out, and he threw the, he and he said, you know, it's like I made a mistake. He threw the money in the, he says, take the money back, and you know, 
and all that, and and they just what's that to us? What's that to us? He threw the money in the treasury. He went out and hung himself. Mm-hmm. Of course, Peter wouldn't have known that maybe at that spot that time. No, he eventually was, knew it. But what was going through his head? What was the devil trying to speak to him? Right, the accuser yeah, is accuser. busy accusing. Can you imagine the guilt? The guilt. You denied him. And <laughs> and and what was it that that uh, Jesus had said to his disciples in Matthew ten? I think you've got that in the Passion, don't you? Yeah, yeah, Matthew. 1032, if you openly and publicly acknowledge me, I will freely and openly acknowledge you before my heavenly Father. But if you publicly deny that you know me, I will also deny you before my heavenly Father. Wow. Can you imagine? What's you the... denied him. He's going to deny you. <sighs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> maybe you should just go out and do what Judas did. Because... You know, Judas Judas hung himself, and mm-hmm. and it could be that that the 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 tree limb broke, and and he fell down, and you know, because there's two different accounts. One says that he hung himself. One says that he fell he down. He fell down, and and his innards gushed out. That uh, that's pretty awful. Um, but you know, it could be that the branch broke, and yeah. that's how it happened. So that both would be true. Anyway. I can just imagine that the accuser, being the kind of creep that he is, would pull that on on Peter and and make those kind of accusations and, and suggestions that mm-hmm. maybe he should do that too because that would stop Peter from being what God intended, intended him, him to, to be. be. Yeah. How many times has the spirit of suicide come to speak to people to try and get them to stop? Uh, being what God intended them to be. And sometimes there's been some success, but Mm -hmm. God wants you to know if you're being tempted to suicide, that you're being tempted to suicide because the devil doesn't want you to fulfill what God put you on the planet for. Mm -hmm. There is hope for you, just like there was hope for Peter. Yeah. Now, Peter denied Jesus. He even denied that he knew him. He even swore. Yeah. And, you know, he had done all these wrong things. He, he goofed it up, and he, he goofed it up at the table, not, not washing people's feet. Then he goofed it up, saying, I'll, I'll lay my life down for you, and then he, he denies him. And he goofed it up by trying to uh, cut off the high priest servant's ear. He just yeah. kept blowing it, and he kept blowing it, and he kept blowing it over and over and over. But there's hope. Mm-hmm. Look what Jesus did with him. Yeah. The Holy Spirit of truth came into him. The Holy Spirit, the strengthener, the comforter. What what was it? What was that list of things that that it said here in That was in the Amplified. Yeah, let me just let me just read that list again. He's our comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate strengthener and standby. Beloved, no matter what your blunder is or what series of blunders you have made, it's probably not worse than what Peter did in the presence of Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's probably not worse. No matter what the accuser is trying to say to you, your father has a plan for you. 
And it's just a matter of uh, Peter was trying to do in the flesh what he could only do through the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we have a tendency to know a little bit about what our calling is, and we try to do it in the flesh. Yeah. And it. I, I think of the probably the biggest blunder I ever made in my life mm. was getting married at the age of 19, mm-hmm. and I was backslidden. Mm-hmm. And of course, she wasn't even ever saved, you know. But it was. Um, but it was in the second year of that marriage, you know, is when I had a dream, mm-hmm. you know, that that I was sitting next to our founders, uh, vice, a husband. He was the vice president, you know, and he's sitting. And I was dreaming, I'm sitting at this recording table with all this equipment, got headphones on, sitting next to the stage with all these people out there. And that was the second year of that four-year marriage. And I remember waking up, that's the craziest thing I could ever dream in my life. And so it was two years later, it all ended in divorce. God still had his hand on me. Mm -hmm. Because there were times, you know, I lived in the southwest suburbs of Chicago at this point. And... And I was going to go up on the north side different times, you mm-hmm. know, drive up there expressways and just to be with my friends. And I go to get in the car and I thought, you know, if I get in an accident and die out there, I know where I'm going and I wouldn't go. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? why would that thought go into my head? You know, I'm going to go up, go party with my friends. Then all of a sudden, you know, you could die out there and, you know, where you're going. You know, and I know that was just the Holy Spirit just... Uh, preventing something like that happening. Mm-hmm. Better to have a preventive, you know, something like that there. Go have an accident where you may never recover from it mm-hmm. or be maimed for life or something like that. Thank God you paid attention to the checks. And I had people praying for me too. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's a lot of you out there listening. You know, you got people praying for you, just maybe don't know it. Because mm-hmm. even intercessors, a lot of times God will, God will put, you know, into their... Give them a dream or vision. You know, pray for this person. Mm-hmm. You know, and they'll just uh, go into their prayer closet, and they find out later, right at that critical time, is when they were praying. Yeah, I mean, God is so good. Holy Spirit is so good. So finish your story. So anyway, it was uh, that. That was like nineteen, probably about nineteen seventy-six, and mm-hmm. and it was in nineteen, you know, seventy-eight. Got divorced three years there, and then that's when I came down. Yeah, Christmas time, Met Sharon and all that. That's another podcast. Whole another podcast. We'll, it's, we'll it's put pretty, a link to that story. But that uh, that just turned my life around. And then you know, a week before we're getting married, we're at a convention, and that dream came back to me. Because you were sitting. Because I, I was sitting. I'm sitting. We're at our convention, and I'm assigned to help the vice president, and he does the recording. So I'm sitting next to him with earphones on with all this recording equipment there, all these people out there, and it's the only year the recording table was next to the stage. It's always usually by the sound booth. And that dream came back to me. But Scott was like giving me a little taste of confirmation. Mm-hmm. I am where I'm supposed to be. you know. And I thought back like a flash. Everything I went through from that point on, mm-hmm. I mean, I... I was third in the top in a steel company I was at, and after the divorce, I wanted a whole change in life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I quit quit my job, went into construction, which was foolish because wintertime in Chicago, you know, putting foundations and, and big buildings and stuff doesn't work very well when it's cold. You know, when you're in an apartment by myself and all that and down th- three days a week, you know, sometimes you can't survive, you know, hardly. 
and went into another job, took a big pay cut, and then that went from there to another one that paid more, and then boom, I get laid off. Mm-hmm. You know, and I went through a year of pretty tough stuff and all mm-hmm. that. But to, you know, to to let you know that you can't do it on your own. I couldn't do it on. I tried everything to do it on my own. I, I mean, when when because uh, I loved I loved to bowl. I loved to bowl. You know, and I would. I'd, I'd sometimes I'd go just blow, blow, blow four or five games, and I wouldn't even keep score. You know, I'd just check the check the sheet off, just practicing. I'd practice before the league. I'd bowl three. One time I was bowling four leagues a week, Tuesday through Friday night. That's a lot. It's expensive, too. And so anyway, you know, but when God takes something, when he has a plan for your life, he'll things, help you get there. He's going to help you get there. <laughs> but the way he helps you get there. You, you're not going to like sometimes. Yeah. But the sooner you surrender, the easier it'll be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, you say, I feel like I got hit with a two-by-four. You know, sometimes it's got to be a four-by-four, mm. you know. Or, whatever it takes. Or whatever it takes. He knows what it'll do. Yeah. And, and the whole point is that whatever your blunders are, there's hope. There's redeemable. It's yeah. redeemable. Uh-huh. There is hope. There is forgiveness. And it's going to come around. So just the sooner you let go, and the sooner you you let the you, the sooner you surrender to the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. the sooner you're going to get on your game yeah. and be what God intended you to be. And that is what is going to make you supremely happy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, are you happy now, Philip? Oh yes. Oh my. <laughs> do I still go through trials? Yes, I do. Yes. But I know my Redeemer liveth. Hallelujah. Amen. He lives in me. Holy Spirit's in me. Yes. Yeah, you know, and I couldn't. It just blows me away how God has been so good in in our in the ministry we've been in for for me the last forty one years. Yeah, it's just glorious. Wow. It's glorious to be able to depend on our Father. Yeah. He's dependable. Jesus is dependable. The Holy Spirit is dependable. So let, let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that you are so dependable, that you are so faithful, that you have a plan for each and every one of us that includes delivering us from our flesh, delivering us from our fleshly blunders, delivering us from our a bravado of how I can do this when we really can't do it without you. So we humble ourselves today, and we ask you, Father, to give us all, Philip and me and the listeners, give us all the grace to humble ourselves and, and do that thing that, that might really feel like it's beneath us. <laughs> Help us to humble ourselves, to, to serve others that might be unlovely or that might be a job that we think is beneath us. Help us to just let go. And just do the hard thing. Do the difficult thing. Do the thing that, that is contrary to our fleshly nature so that we can partake of your godly nature, the nature of, that comes from your heart, that comes from your spirit, that causes us to do the thing that Jesus said in the first place when he was trying to tell his disciples, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Give us that grace, Lord, to say yes to you, to say yes to everything. And for anyone who might be being tempted to go the other direction or to, or to, be, or, or to even take their own life 
We rebuke that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we declare that this listener is a son of God, a daughter of God, an heir of salvation. And our Father has a plan for that life. And devil, you can't have that one. You can't take that one. We rebuke you and command you to the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. In his holy name we pray. And Father, we thank you that you are going to lift that one up into the fullness of the joy of your presence, the fullness of the joy of serving you with gladness because of your great love and your great plans and your great expectation that they can do what you've sent them here to do. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.